to, um, at the beginning of the year, our theme for the house here, CLP, is uh, compelled by love. Paul said he was uh, compelled by love. And this is our theme. This is what we need. We've come through 50 years, Jubilee, etc. We've seen what God has done and we've seen what God has produced. Amen. And uh, seeing how God has blessed us and got all kind of testimony uh, from our past history of where God brought us from. And now we need to take this. And all through those 50 years, and then you know I'm going to hear me repeat this again. God has established us. He has worked on us. And he has formed his image in his people. Can you say amen? And I believe that as a people sitting here, because we have a lot absent today, but the congregation here, and I'm not saying this in a biased way. God forbid. I, I'm not saying it. But God has prepared us. He, I, you know, I, I, I'm not saying we're the only church in town, because we're not. And every church in town has its own vision and its own calling. And we leave that in the hands of God. We have our calling. We're not in comparison with anybody else. But we have a calling. And God has called us. And we need to, to, to uh, reach out and surrender our lives to fulfill that calling. And so God has worked on us. Washed off and scraped off some of the rough places. And all of that. And establish a congregation that's in love with Jesus, that wants to follow Jesus. A people that wants to win the world uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here and you come here regularly, you're a part of that family. Amen? To, to, to work in the field where God has labored us. I believe every, every place that's uh, naming the name of Jesus Christ and truly following the Lord uh, has that portion and that part. And we have our part. And so I want to do that. And uh, this is what we're doing. And now it's our, our job or our calling to go forth with love and be compelled by love. Can you say amen? amen. And allow love. Saints, love will win. Love will win a sinner. Love will win the wayward. You just love them. Listen, now listen to me, parents. If you've got wayward children, don't preach to them. Live it in front of them and pray for them. When they ask questions, answer them in love. You can't force people to serve God. And as you live it, they see the God in you. And you know what? You will create a hunger. Every time they're around you, they'll get under conviction. And you don't have to say a word. It's just being patient and pray, pray, pray. God is good. How many love the Lord? All right, I'm getting out of the way. I'm happy to have Lorraine. Oh, and I'm, I'm continuing my story. And so beginning, beginning the first of the year, I thought it would be appropriate. We have some good lady speakers in our church. And I thought it would be very good to approach the year with uh, some of our ladies that are speakers and um, to um, bear this message of compelled by love. And last week we had Melissa. I guess she's in the nursery today. Uh, Melissa, how many enjoyed that last week? I thought it was awesome. I thought it was tremendous. She really uh, 
um, did a great job and really spoke into our hearts. So now we're going to ask Lorraine to come. Let's all stand and give her honor and honor to God as well. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Do you, do you want one of these? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Good morning. Uh, the first thing I want you to do is put your hand on your heart like this and repeat after me. I am God's treasure. And I want you to look to the person to your left and say, you are God's treasure. And then I want you to look to the right and say, and you're God's treasure too. Hallelujah. I've been thinking about this, meditating, writing it down, and I'm not really sure how much I'm going to get into today. Is it okay if I just go with the flow of the Holy Ghost? You know, if you came to hear my enticing words of men's wisdom, I'm going to fail you so bad. But it's really important for me to hear. It's important to me for you to hear from Jesus. I like what Bill Johnson said. If you came here to see Jesus and you only got me, I'm so sorry. That's my goal, too. How do we, we're all learning. I'm learning. Praise God. Uh, I have something I have to tell Mariah first. I have a word for you, Mariah. You let the past be the past. And you rose to the occasion, and you stepped into a place of difficulty. It hurts your heart. But Jesus wants you to know that he sees your sacrifice that you're making. And he's pleased with you. My prayer for you is that you will have an open door. I believe he will open that door for you if he hasn't already. And I, my prayer is that you will be sensitive to the leading of his spirit. Okay? He wants you to know he's heard your voice. And he's with you every step of this hard place you're in right now. Okay? Hallelujah. I can't think of anybody least qualified to speak about love. We come in here every Sunday and we see each other, but sometimes we don't know each other. And there's things that happened to me in the past that you guys don't know about, and I don't talk about because they were painful. But I never grew up with love. I grew up in a home that was abusive, um, probably in every way you can think of being abused. We were abused as children. It affected my whole entire life. I was never told that I was loved. I was never hugged. None of that ever happened. I hated to watch TV programs where the dad always came around and there was a happy ending because I had no happy endings. There was none for me. All my life, I looked for love. I thought I could find it in a partner. I found a lot of heartache. I made a lot of mistakes. But Jesus saved me when I was about 10 years old. 
And over the years, even though I didn't follow him, I knew he was there. He was always waiting for me to come back. And I'd come back, and I'd go. And I'd come back, and I'd go. Because I was always looking for love. And what I found instead was a lot of pain and a lot of hurt until I just gave up looking. So that's why I say I'm maybe the least qualified to, to speak about love because I really didn't know anything about it at all. I didn't know anything. I knew pain and suffering and hurt. But I met this man. So the Bible talks about love. How many of you are familiar with 1 Corinthians chapter 13? So you can turn there if you want to. Starting in verse 4. This is what the Bible says about love. Charity or love suffers long and is kind. Charity envieth not. I'm just going to substitute love in there. Love vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave itself unseemly. It seeks not her own. It's not easily provoked. It thinks no evil. It rejoices not in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. And it endures all things. So when I read down through this, the first thought that comes to mind is, boy, am I woefully inadequate. I don't love like that. I can make up my mind that I'm going to walk in love. Today is going to be the day that I'm going to walk in love. And then every patient in the world that drives us crazy comes in through that door. <laughs> and I'm finding that I'm not walking in that kind of love. There's only one person I know that walks in that kind of love. Does anybody know who that is? Jesus. So Jesus knows maybe we're not capable of walking in that kind of love all the time. You want to know why? Look down in verse 12. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am now and known. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Verse 12 tells us why we don't walk in that kind of love now. We behold his face darkly. But he said that as we behold his face, we're changed from glory to glory into the image of his dear son. So we don't start out here today not walking in love, and tomorrow we do. It's a process. As we spend time with him, we're changed into him. We're changed into who he is, what he sees, how he acts, we're changed into the love of God. We can't work it up on our own. I'm going to tell you a little story, something that happened at work. 
we have this patient that comes in and she has a diagnosis of bipolar. And uh, she comes in sometimes and she's okay. And then she comes in sometimes and she's not. <laughs> and to be perfectly honest with you, none of us wants to see her come in when she's not. So she came in one day and I could tell from the get-go she was mad. And uh, because I was brought up with the childhood that I had, mad people scare me. Because when my dad came home mad, somebody got hurt. Sometimes that person was me. So I'm scared. I'm afraid of anger. I was afraid of anger in dealing with anger. So I got things set up in the room to bring her in, and I'm like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to be here. I don't. But Jesus spoke up on the inside of me and said, I want you to stay because I want to teach you something. I said, okay. <laughs> so I bring her in and I take her blood pressure. She rips off the cuff and she throws it. I'm like, oh my goodness, here we go. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's just calm down. I'm really good at talking down people that are really, really up there, mostly because I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> so instead of her calming down, she goes, don't tell me to calm down. Okay, okay. So I get her in the room, and she is like dynamite going off. She's mad at everybody. Everybody, and she lets everybody know, and every other word out of her mouth is a cuss word, and she's, oh, the, the, front, the girl at the front desk comes in to see if I'm okay because she can hear the yelling going on. So she opens the door, and she's in front of the door of the patient, and she goes, what do you want? Wham, slams the door in her face. I'm like, oh, my God, I just want to get out of here. <laughs> And then uh, Shannon comes in, my provider that I work for, and she goes off on Shannon. And I'm like, oh, good, Shannon's here. I can leave now. But I didn't feel to leave. I didn't want to put Shannon in a position of danger. I figured I could go for help if, she, if something happened. So anyway, she's yelling, she's swearing, she's crying, and she's vacillating back and forth between I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be like this. And then she's mad again. So Shannon said, if she kind of wraps up and she heads out the door and she turns and looks at me and says, will you pray for me? I'd prayed for her before. And I said, I'll pray for you. Now remember, I didn't want to deal with any of this. As soon as I laid hands on her, I started weeping. I was touched with feelings of her infirmities. It's like, how would I like to live like that? Where you're this way and that way and angry and sad. And I wrapped my arms around her and I held her close. And I kept crying. And I prayed for her. The whole entire situation de-escalated. De I walked her out to the front door with my arm around her. And she looked at me and said, when you prayed for me, 
I felt heat come over my whole body. You know, the way Jesus loves people is so much more effective than the way we do. I said, Lord, what's love? What's love? Really? Is it when you get married and you look at your husband and wife in the eyes the day you take your vows and you say, I do? Is that love? Is it when you hold in that baby that's newborn and you look at that sweet little face? Is that love? Is it 50 years of marriage and you've been through everything and you've hung together through it all? Is that? Is it the choice you make when your husband weed wax all of your perennial flowers and your rose bush that you've been trying to grow for three years out front and you make the choice like, yeah, I love them, even though right now I'm not sure I want to. <laughs> Is that love? <laughs> Hi, Ron. He said he's listening to this live stream. So I just want you to know I love you, honey. <laughs> uh, here's what I propose to you. Love is a person. Love is a God who took on human flesh, left his place in heaven where he was almighty, all-powerful, all power and authority has been given unto him, creator of the universe, unlimited, who took on the limitations of human flesh. Sometimes they think, what did it feel like the day he was born? He'd never known pain. He'd never known suffering. And he took that on for us. And not only did he take it on as a human being, he endured the agony of the cross because of the joy set before him. Remember the treasure? Well, that was the joy set before him was you and I. And that's why he willingly went. Do you want to know how to walk in love? Get to know love. God is love. Love is God. You're never going to be able to walk in love out of your own human emotions. But you can walk in love through his. Do you want to learn how to walk in love? Then let love walk through you. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get all these ideas about what what we think God wants us to do. You know, these last six months have been, <laughs> these last six months have been something else. The devil has been pounding the snot out of me. 
Every time I get up, it knocks me back down again. Over and over and over. It's a supernatural thing. I heard something this week I absolutely love. I love it. He said, are you going through a test in a trial right now? Awesome. Because that means you're going through your breakthrough. He's on the other side of that. All you have to do is keep walking. Have I handled it all completely well? No. No. My husband's in Canada. He's been gone for nine weeks. And after he left, it's been one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. So have I handled it all well? No. I want my husband back. I'm like the two-year-old who wants a cookie. And you tell him, no. What does the two-year-old do? Well, now you got a good, a, a very good picture of how it's been for me. <laughs> so I've been doing a lot of praying. A lot of, oh my God, please forgive me. For, forgive me, I'm just such a, oh, I'm, I'm so inadequate. But as I'm praying through this, because I always ask God, what do you want me to teach on? What do you want me to say? Because I don't want to say what I think. I want to say what he says. I have this whole thing written out here, and this is kind of flowing the way he wants it to go, and I'm okay with that. <sighs> he showed me a vision right out of the blue of a lion. And the lion was walking in front of the throne. And he was walking on the sea of glass. And he was powerful, majestic, regal. And he walked like he, in confidence, like he had every right to be there. He wasn't aggressive at all. He was just powerful. God doesn't always show me what things mean when he shows me something. But when it's time, he shows me. A lot of these songs today lined right up with that. It was so good. When you hang out with Jesus, you begin to understand that he has facets to his personality. He's the lamb of God that was slain, or he was destined to be slain before the foundations of the world. Destined to bear our sicknesses and sins in his body. But you know, he's also the lion of Judah. <laughs> and when you're in the midst of the battle, who do you want to come to your defense? The lamb or the lion? <laughs> do you know lions have no natural predators? Nothing kills and eats lions. They are at the top of the food chain. And boy, when they roar, <laughs> pastor knows, when they roar, the whole jungle listens. He told me something just this morning in praise and worship. Remember when he was on the cross? And he said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Do you know why God forsook him? So that God would never forsake you, ever, never. 
no matter what you're going through, the lion of Judah has your back. You might stand up there like me. I think, oh, I'm so funny sometimes. I'm like, yes, God fights my battles. And the enemy flees. And you're like, yes. But what I fail to recognize is the lion of Judah standing over my shoulder. (laughs) And he's the one that puts the enemy to flight. Do you always have to have it all together? No. Are you always going to walk in faith? No. But do you have a God who never leaves or forsakes you? Do you have a God who's always there no matter what you're going through? And it doesn't even matter whether you feel like he's there or not because he's there. The lion of Judah. Who's going to stand against him? Oh, see, I'm right, not even where I thought I was going to go, except I think I am going to go through this one thing. Uh, one thing I want, I ask questions a lot. Uh, they just come, these questions come to me like, why did John the Baptist leave his position and go out into the wilderness and wear camel skin and eat locusts and wild honey? Why did he do that? He was the son of a priest. He was next in line. The sons of priests became priests. You know, priests were fairly respected in their communities. They got to eat of the offerings that were brought in from the sacrifice, and God said that offering is holy. He left all that. He went into the wilderness. He didn't go to the people. The people came out to see him. And Jesus was one of those people. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. How did he know that? What did he find in the wilderness? Probably he found Jesus. Um, So I'm interested in why people did the things they did. Like uh, in, let's see. Bear with me. I have papers everywhere. I'm, I'm organized chaos. You've heard of that before? I'm, I'm kind of that way. The disciples. When he picked the disciples. There it is. Uh, John 4, 16 through 19. <clears throat> That's not the right one. That's not the right one. Okay. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm not. Well, I can wing it. (laughs) He was, Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw uh, Peter and James fishing. And he said, follow me, and I will make you fishes of men. And immediately they laid down their nets and followed him. And then he went a little further, and he found um, two other disciples with a dad. And he said, follow me. And immediately they laid down their nets and followed him. 
think about this. If you were sitting in your office or your place of employment and someone walked in and said, follow me, would you put everything down and just follow them? I probably wouldn't. But they did. They did. I looked at uh, Paul. We know the things that Paul endured. The shipwrecks, the beatings, the stonings. Why? Why? How come you didn't confess it away? This walk isn't going to be a bed of roses. You have an enemy who hates you. And believe me, the closer you get to God, the further you go in your walk. He's going to try to stop you because he doesn't want you to succeed. Because the closer you get to Jesus, the more like him you become. He doesn't want that to happen. Look what Jesus did when he walked the earth. He went about doing good and healing those that were sick and oppressing the devil. That's our job, too. So he's going to try to stop you any way he can. So what was it about the people? What kept Paul going? How many, I don't know that I would endure shipwrecks, stonings, beatings, persecutions. I think about him with the snake. I don't like snakes. <laughs> he shook it off in the fire. You know what I would have done? I don't want to, ah! and I would have been running all over everywhere. Get the snake off me. Get the snake off me. But he said, I glory in my tribulations. Because when I am weak, he is strong. What a place to get to. I'm not quite there yet. I've learned to glory in my tribulations. <laughs> but you know something? As long as you keep putting one foot in front of the other, as long as you say, God... I don't know today if I even have enough strength to drag myself up. But I know you do. Sometimes God has used me at the weakest points of my life. Why? I surely didn't feel capable. And I think it's so he could prove to me that it certainly wasn't by my strength. And it certainly wasn't my power, but it was by his. So, turn to Ephesians 3, 17 through 19.
that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. So how do you know the love of Christ which passes knowledge? How do you know something that passes knowledge? Maybe it's because you don't know it up here. Maybe you know it in here. And maybe the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts because you become who you hang out with. And if you hang out with him, you become more like him. And the reason I had you say, you're a treasure, and you're a treasure too, is because when you hang out with God, he starts to show you his heart. Nothing is more important to God than souls. All the miracles are awesome. You know, prosperity, healing, they're all awesome, but they're temporary. Only souls are eternal. So you can't hang out with God and get his heart without that flowing out of you. It's not going to be something you work up where you say, well, today I'm going to walk in love. It's being sensitive to who he is and being sensitive to his voice when he speaks. And he said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. You'll obey his voice. This, my friends, is how we walk in love. It's being sensitive. I'll share one more story with you. I was in Shaw's. And I got about three aisles over from the entrance, and I could smell this perfumey fragrance. I'm like, what is that? And it smelled like lilies. So I went back to the flower section, and there were these lilies. And they had bunches of different lilies. They smell so awesome. So I got these three bunches of flowers. And I'm like, I'm going to take those flowers home with me. They, they're beautiful. So as I walk out of Shaw's, there's an older lady walking out of Shaw's, and she's a little bit ahead of me. And I felt Jesus say, give her the flowers. Well, she was ahead of me, so she got to her car, and I got to my car, and I started unloading stuff. And he said, give her the flowers. So I went, and I knocked on her window. She's looking at me. She's looking at the flowers. <laughs> she rolls down the window. And this is what I asked her. I don't know why I asked her this. I said, do you live alone? And she said, yes, I do. And I said, well, I just want to give you these flowers. I just want to do something nice for you today. And she looked at me and she said, my husband died in May. It's been a really awful Christmas for me. I said, I'm so sorry. 
I said, but I really felt like God wanted me to give you these flowers just to cheer you up, just to let you know that he cares. <laughs> and on the way home, my sister wanted me to stop at her house because she had something for me. Guess what she had for me? Flowers. <laughs> but on the way home, I said, Jesus, that was so kind of you. It was so thoughtful of you. So much of the time we're so busy. You know, there's a world that lives around us that's broken, that's hurting, that needs somebody to know that somebody cares. Was so quick to brush people off. You know, it's like I don't have time to deal with this right now. I'm guilty of that. Sometimes God wants you to be the heart of love that he wants to share with somebody else. We just have to be sensitive to him. Ask for doors to be open. He'll open them for you. So you want to learn how to walk in love? Do you want to be, you know what compelled by love means? Captivated. That's why the disciples left their nets. They were captivated by him. Captivated. I said, I met this man. I looked for love all my whole life and never found it. Never. Until I quit. I met this man. His name is Jesus. He started coming in. He'd wake me up in the middle of the night. He'd give me a song. He started healing the past. My tears would soak my pillow. But he started showing me how much he loved me. And all of my frailties and all of my imperfections, all my failures, all my weaknesses. How could I not love him back? How could I not? Where could I go? Where could I find that kind of love? I looked my whole life. I never found it until I found him. What I owe him? Everything. Everything. He sure got the short end of the stick when he got me. I don't know why he loves me the way he does, but he does. You know something? He loves you that same way. He said, how can you love a God you don't even know and yet not love your brother and sister? How can you say you follow God and you love him and yet people around you are so broken and hurt and you don't even notice? You don't even notice. I want to challenge you today. Get to know love. God is love. Get 
to know love. Love will use you in the most amazing ways. Love will change you from the inside out. Love will make you something you never thought you could ever be. Love will use you to reach the lost. You don't have to go to the mission field. Every place you go is a mission field. Your neighborhood, where you work, your family is your mission field. Let God use you. Let his love pour through you. He has such compassion. Such compassion. I just want to pray. I just want to pray. Lord. Lord, I ask forgiveness for all the times that we fail you. All the times I fail you. All the times I'm not enough. All the times I'm insensitive and I don't hear you. And all the time I'm too busy. And I push you away or push your opportunities. Lord, let this be a people. Let this be a people consumed with the fiery passion of God's love. Let us be open vessels for your love to throw, to flow through to those who need you so desperately. I thank you this week as we go about our way that you will open doors of opportunity, that we would be sensitive, that we would walk through those doors, and we would accomplish not our will or our desire or plans, but that we would accomplish yours. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. What a definition of love. Wow. Thank you, Lorraine. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Oh, I guess it's Deanna. I guess they're all. I'm going to ask us to stand and uh, find an appropriate song about loving. So awesome. Jesus' love cares about us, loves you, and then we in turn, that's what's going to win the world. That's fighting and from Congress right on down through to the to the lowest strata of society. And it's, there's bickering and you feel it, I feel it. But we can counteract that. It doesn't come through politics. It doesn't come through Screaming and yelling at people about not being this and not being that. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus went around doing good. And we're his ambassadors. So let us do the same thing. So I'm going to ask us all, ask everybody that can, okay, to come down. And let's just stand here and just ask God to fill us with his love. And... Uh, the it comes right down again to relationship. Asking Jesus today, while you're down here today, say, God, I want to build a relationship with you. I want to feel your love 
and embrace your love. And I want your love to embrace me. 